Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning and welcome to the sanctuary of the Salem Church here in the wonderful city of Omaha, Nebraska. We are so grateful that you have joined us in worship on today. And even in the midst of what we're facing, we can yet declare because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that it is well with our soul. Again, we thank you for joining us and we pray that you are blessed where you are and that you will be blessed by this worship experience as we lead you in worship and as we, even as the church scattered, uh, as we come together for a moment of worship to edify uh, one another and uh, to lift up the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful for all that you've done. We thank you, God, for the privilege and opportunity of coming together all across this city, this state, this nation, and this world for this moment of worship. We pray, God, that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, you would continue to unite us in this moment of worship. We invoke and invite your presence in the sanctuary of the Salem Church and in the homes of those who share with us in this moment of worship. Come now, Lord Jesus, come now, Lord Jesus, come now, Lord Jesus, allow us to feel your presence through your spirit. We ask these prayers now in the name of our resurrected and living Savior, Jesus the Christ. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. We move forward in worship at this time where our music and fine arts ministry will lead us further in praise and worship. Mighty is your name. Mighty 
again to the moment in worship where we go to the Lord in corporate prayer, which means we'll be leading in prayer at this moment, but we shall all be going to the Lord in prayer wherever we might be. We continue to lift those who give leadership to our country, to our state to our local governments and those even internationally giving leadership at this moment. We lift them to you and to those who are on our prayer list here, specifically at the Salem Baptist Church, Sister Wanzetta Payne, Brother Craig Holman, Sister Tony Bryson, Sister Sandra Cordell, Brother Neil Devers, Brother Mickey Bluetooth, Brother Alton Rollison, Deacon Burdell Temple, Bishop Robert Tyler. We continue to lift Pastor Parker as well from the St. Martin Baptist Church. 
we lift Brother John and Mother Cassandra Neal and the loss of his brother John Bremer. Brother Rashad Brown and the loss of his grandfather James Haynes. Sister Lana Smith and the loss of her cousin Shirley Corbino. And Sister Marion Littlefield Freeman in the loss of her sister Sandra Littlefield. Let us all go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful as always for all that you've done, for your many and your varied blessings. Because the Lord, Lord, it seems that every turn, every time we turn around, you continue to bless us. We know your blessings and your love for us is unmerited and unearned. We love you today because you first loved us and you extended your love to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all. And we thank you, God, not only for his death on Calvary's cross, but for the power of his resurrection. We thank you, God, for it is in the good news, the gospel of his death, burial, and resurrection that it binds us together and allows us to know the reality of life, life abundantly, and life eternally through Jesus Christ our Lord. And even now as we say thank you, God, we worship you, we adore you, and we praise you for who you are and for all that you've done. We thank you for your many and varied blessings. We come before you today knowing that we are sinful people coming before a sinless God. And so even now, we confess our sins and we ask that you forgive us. Your word declares that if we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, Lord, where we've gone astray, we pray that you would forgive us. Where we've come short and missed the mark, we pray that you would forgive us. We repent of our sins and we turn away from that which does not please you. And now, God, we come in prayer and supplication for those that we have lifted to you on today, our leaders across every le level of civic leadership. We pray that you would lead and guide them especially in this time of crisis. God, again, we pray that you give them wisdom and direction. We pray for those who are hospitalized and those who are sick and shut in, those who are bereaved at this moment. We pray, God, that you would comfort them through the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that you would give them a peace that passes all understanding. And again, Lord, during this moment of crisis, we lift those who are on the front lines, our doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals, and those who are administrators in our healthcare system. God, we pray that you would strengthen and guide them. To those, our first responders, God, our police officers, and EMTs and firefighters. God, we pray that you would protect them and that you would give them everything that they need. 
to those who are on the front lines who serve us day by day, those who are in our grocery stores and other places that provide our necessities. God, we pray that you would protect them as they seek to serve us in this very serious time. And Lord, we lift our nation and we lift our world to you. We pray, God, that we would move forward with wisdom and understanding, that we might do what is first of all in your will, but as well for the good of others. We ask these prayers now, once again in the name of our resurrected and living Savior, Jesus the Christ, and the people of God said together, amen and amen. We thank God that we are yet able to go to the Lord in prayer. To those who are part of the Salem Church family, we want to say to you, happy 98th church anniversary. If you're sitting next to someone in your home, you need to look over to them and tell them happy anniversary. It's our anniversary, 98th church anniversary. The Salem Church has been in close proximity to our current location for 98 years, serving the Lord and serving this community. And so we celebrate on today our 98th church anniversary. And we thank you, Salem, uh, for your commitment and dedication to allowing us to see this day. On next Sunday, we'll be uh, celebrating this Holy Communion, our Lord's Supper. And as on last month, we want to make sure that those who wish can come to the church and receive their communion kits so that you might celebrate with us at home as we celebrate and lead you in this Holy Communion, this Lord's Supper on next Sunday. Uh, we will be handing out, our deacons will be handing out communion on this coming Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. as you drive through the circle here at the church and we will be having, still be having social distancing so everyone can be safe. Again, that's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. as you drive through the circle on this next Saturday so that we can all share in the Lord's Supper, this Holy Communion on next Sunday. As well, we are blessed in that. We started on last Sunday and will continue through the next few Sundays with our Word for Your Walk broadcast on Sundays at uh, on WOWT Channel 6 television uh, beginning at 11.30 a.m. through 12 noon each Sunday. It's our Word for Your Walk broadcast where we will share, share uh, worship and the Word of God on WOWT Channel 6 you can watch that each Sunday. Please pass on that information to those who do not have access to the internet and to Facebook and other uh, means of our broadcasting. Again, our Word for Your Walk broadcast on WOWT beginning at 11.30 a.m. each Sunday. Now, I know many of you have been informed that the governor has announced loosen, uh, loosening of restrictions on worship gatherings beginning on May 4th. Now, we ask for your patience because we are planning, uh, we are in the planning stages now on how we will gradually and incrementally reopen our sanctuary for worship on Sunday mornings. Now, we want you to be patient with us because we want to be abundantly cautious 
because it concerns the health of our church family, the health of each and every one of you who are watching and listening on today. And so we know that those loosenings of uh, the uh, guidelines are coming soon, and many of them have been announced already, but please be patient with us. We want to make sure that we do everything to make sure that when we return to worship, that everyone is safe and secure, and we're able to allow you to come and worship in a manner that will not uh, be detrimental to your health. So please be patient with us, be prayerful with us as we take into consideration every guideline and every element that we need to make sure that each of you are safe. Amen. Thank you for your prayers and for your support. As always, we thank you for your prayerful and for your financial support, your continued commitment and stewardship to the ongoing ministry of the Salem Baptist Church. We continue to say to you, please, please continue in your commitment and your stewardship. You can give by mailing your tithes and offerings into the Salem Baptist Church here at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. And from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, you can bring your tithes and offerings to the church office. There is a secure place that you can give your tithes and offerings as well. You can give through the web, uh, website at SalemBC.org. You can give your tithes and offerings through PayPal, as well as through the Givelify app on your phone, and even through Venmo. So we want you, we want to thank you in advance for your continued stewardship and support of the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church. We move forward in worship as the music and fine arts ministry of the Salem Baptist Church leads us in praise and worship. Hey. No turning back. 
you to turn with us in your Bibles, on your tablet, on your devices to the New Testament, the gospel as recorded by Mark, Mark chapter 8, beginning at verse 22. Mark chapter 8, beginning at verse 22. And the word of God reads, then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. <clears throat> and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell anyone in the town. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, Jesus and the blind man in Bethsaida. Jesus and the blind man in Bethsaida. <clears throat> Millions of people across the world sat on last Sunday night engrossed 
engaged and enthralled by the first two episodes of a documentary entitled The Last Dance. And that tells the story of the 1997-1998 championship season in which the Michael Jordan-led Chicago Bulls won the last of their historic six NBA championship. And many of us who remember that remember earlier in Michael Jordan's career that the actor and director Spike Lee played a character named Mars Blackman as a part of a Nike mar marketing campaign where he tried to find out from MJ what was the key to his success on the basketball court. He'd ask this question, is it the vicious dunks? Is it the haircut? Is it the extra long shorts? Is it the short socks? And at the end of the commercial, Spike Lee as Mars Blackman says with great enthusiasm, excitement, and exuberance, it's gotta be the shoes. Well, I wanna suggest through the actions of a group represented in this section of scripture on today, they believed when it concerned Jesus' miracle-working power, it's gotta be the touch. They have a friend that is blind and they bring him to Jesus and listen to verse 22 once again. Then he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him, Jesus, to touch him. Those who brought this blind man to Jesus were convinced it's gotta be the touch. They had good reason to believe so because Jesus had healed on other occasions simply by his touch. Matthew chapter eight, verse two and three, by his touch, he healed a man with leprosy. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 and 15, he healed Peter's mother-in-law by his touch. In Luke chapter 4, verse 40, he healed a crowd at Capernaum by his touch. In Luke chapter 4, verse 40, he healed, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 25, he healed a 12-year-old girl by his touch. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 29 and 30, he healed two blind men by his touch. In Mark chapter 7, verses 32 through 35, he healed a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment by his touch. In John chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, he healed a blind man by his touch. In Luke chapter 13, verses 11 through 13, he healed a woman in a synagogue who could not stand straight by his touch. In Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 20, verses 33 through 34, he healed two blind men of by, near Jericho with his touch. You see, they understood it's got to be in the touch. And that's what the friends of this blind man had to believe. It's got to be in the touch of Jesus. Listen, he had touched so many others, and as a result, they were healed, and they had figured out how Jesus was going to, to work. They had heard and very likely had seen and witnessed Jesus uh, healing simply by his touch. 
Because when those who are in need of healing were brought to Jesus, he simply touched them sometimes without a word and they were healed. These friends were not only convinced that Jesus could heal their blind friend, they were confident they knew how Jesus would heal their friend by his touch. And oh, child of God, there's something about the Lord's touch. The Lord's touch can make your doubts disappear. The Lord's touch can cause your fears to flee. The Lord's touch can calm the chaos in your life. The Lord's touch can stabilize what's unsteady in your life. The Lord's touch can make clear what's uncertain in your life. The Lord's touch uh, can bring light in the midst of your darkness. There is something about the touch of Jesus Christ. Bill Gathers talked about the Lord's touch when he penned these words in the early 1960s, shackled by a heavy burden beneath the load of guilt and shame. And then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. Since I met this blessed Savior, since he cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise him. I'll shout until eternity rose. He touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul, something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. There's something about the touch of Jesus. And the friends of this blind man brought him to Jesus, and they believe it's got to be in the touch. So they brought this blind man to Jesus and begged Jesus to touch him. So let's look further. In this text, as we observe Jesus and the blind man in Bethsaida, first of all, we see that Jesus changes this man's location. Jesus arrives in Bethsaida, and as I said earlier, a group of friends bring this blind man to Jesus so that Jesus could touch him. And they believe, once again, that it's got to be the touch of Jesus touch of Jesus that will heal this blind man. Now notice, the miracle they're looking for through Jesus very likely does not happen as they envision. You see, they believe, once again, it's got to be in the touch. But pay close attention. Jesus does touch him, but the initial touch is not the touch that immediately causes the miracle. Look and listen once again at verse 22 in the first phrase of verse 23. It says, then he came, uh, Jesus came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged Jesus to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Now Jesus does touch the blind man, but the initial touch was Jesus taking the man by the hand and that initial touch by taking the man by the hand was to lead the blind man out of the town. Now it's very likely that this blind man was a resident of Bethsaida because it says that Jesus came to Bethsaida. And we have to understand that the itinerant ministry headquarters of Jesus was in the city of Capernaum. So Jesus, although he's known by the friends of this blind man, 
He's an outsider in Bethsaida. He's a non-resident. He's a vi visitor to the, to the town. But for this blind man, Bethsaida is very, like, very likely his home. It is a place where, that he knows and where he's known. And instead of Jesus working a miracle on, of, on this man in the city square or at the city gates, he changes his location and he led the blind man out of the town. Now let me suggest a few reasons why Jesus changed his location and sometimes he has to change our location. Listen, he may change your location because there are times when that which is familiar impedes your blessing. You see, all that was in the town of Bethsaida was familiar to this blind man. And although he could not physically see, he was able, even with the assistance of others, to navigate the town of Bethsaida. And in his mind, he was familiar with it. And yet Jesus takes him away from that which was familiar. He takes him out of the town. He changes his location. And child of God, I want you to know, there are times that the Lord may have to change your location because that which is familiar is impeding your blessing because you've grown so familiar with that which is comfortable. Uh, listen, that you've lost your desire to do better and live better and be better. And some of us have to admit we stick with the familiar because it poses no risk. And yet we have to understand when the Lord is moving your location, you can't worry about the risk. You just have to exercise faith and trust where the Lord is leading. It reminds me what the Lord said to Joshua as he succeeded Moses. As Joshua prepared to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, the Lord says this to Joshua in Joshua chapter, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have already given to you. You see, sometimes the Lord has to change your location for you to get your blessing. And I'm not just talking about moving from one city to another or one house to another or one job to another, although that may be the case. I mean, uh, sometimes the Lord has to move your mind and move your spirit and move your heart. He may have to move the way you think and move the way you love and move the way you trust. He may have to move the way you give. He may have to change your location because the familiar impedes your blessing. But not only that, you may have to change your location because your current location is not optimum and most favorable for your blessing. Now listen, I've lived in Nebraska for almost 15 years, and I've driven through a good portion of this state. And just about everywhere I've driven, other than downtown Omaha and downtown Lincoln, I have observed corn patches or corn fields. And that's because Nebraska has rich soil and an adequate amount of water to make it favorable and optimum uh, to grow corn. Now, I want to tell you as well, I have been to Arizona a few times. 
And as much as I looked around when I was in Arizona, I didn't see any cornfields. Now there may be a few, but I don't believe there are many because I don't think the arid nature of Arizona is optimum and favorable to grow large fields of corn. And that's how it is for us on today. There are times that the Lord will change your location because you're in a place where your blessing cannot sprout and grow and prosper. And he has to change your location to an optimum and favorable place for you to sprout and for you to grow and prosper. And so yes, he may change your location because you're not in an optimal and favorable place to receive your blessing. But as well, he may change your location because the crowd cannot handle your blessing and may end up hating on your blessing. Now listen, there was likely some people in Bethsaida who if they witnessed the miracle Jesus was about to work for this blind man, they just couldn't handle it. They, they just couldn't fathom it. They just could not comprehend it. And furthermore, there is a crowd that would have hated on the blessing of this blind man and would have hated on the blesser, which was Jesus. And we wonder why Jesus has to change our location at times. And that is because there are folk who cannot handle what the Lord is doing in your life. They cannot grip, get a grip on what the Lord is doing in your life. And then they get upset about the Lord blessing you. And, and then uh, they start trying to get others to be upset with the Lord blessing you. And then they get upset with the Lord because of your blessing, because they feel as if the Lord should have given them your blessing. And sometimes the Lord has to change your location so you don't have to be in the midst of people who cannot appreciate what the Lord is doing because they're hating on the blessing that the Lord has bestowed in your life. And those same folk cannot declare with you, it is the Lord's doing and it is a marvelous in our eyes. Sometimes the Lord has to change your location. That's why the text says Jesus took this man by the hand and led him out of the town. And so Jesus changes this blind man's location. But then the Bible tells us Jesus uses an unusual method to bless this man. Now I've tried to establish that the friends of this blind man in the text believe it's got to be the touch. I shared with you that the initial touch of Jesus was to hold the man's hand and change his location and take him out of town and look and listen to the next touch of Jesus. Beginning again in verse 22. Then he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. It says Jesus put his hands on the blind man. Listen, it's got to be the touch. Now, in all actuality, Jesus spitting on this blind man's eyes was not unusual in the time of the text. 
Spittle was regarded as a means of cure for the ancients. And yet it seems unusual for us on today. And unusual for, for us who live today is many times equated with uncomfortable. In other words, the unusual way the Lord delivers our blessings at times makes us uncomfortable. We want the Lord to dispense, uh, dispense our blessings and deliverance in usual and comfortable ways. Well, that's not always how the Lord operates. At times, the Lord uses the unusual and uncomfortable situations uh, to bless us. And the truth is, our displeasure with the Lord using unusual and uncomfortable ways to bless us is an indication of the desperation of our situation. You see, when you're desperate for your blessing and you're desperate for your deliverance and you're desperate for your breakthrough and you're desperate for the peace that the Lord can give and you're desperate for the Lord love that the Lord can show and you're desperate for the grace that he can give. Listen, the me method uh, that he delivers our blessing does not matter. Listen, I'm sure this blind man did not tell Jesus, stop your healing because you got to put spit on my eyes. I'm sure the blind man was thinking, anything you need to do to bless me, I will be satisfied. No matter how unusual it might be, whatever you have to do, Lord, listen, go ahead and bless me. And somebody listening to my voice on today, you're in a desperate situation, and you need to tell the Lord, no matter how unusual it is, no matter how uncomfortable it makes, Lord, if you're going to bless me, if you're going to give me my break, through and my deliverance bless me anyhow you bless me so yes Jesus changes this blind man's location Jesus uses an unusual method to bless this blind man but we have to observe as well that Jesus is restoring this blind man now this man was brought to Jesus by his friends because they believed that if Jesus touches him, he will be healed. Now Jesus touches him, grabs him by the hand, leads him out of town. Jesus puts spit on his eyes and the Bible says he touches him. And the, then Jesus asked the man a question. He says, so he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. When he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything says, he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Now understand, there was a blind man in John chapter 9, and Jesus healed him and gave him his sight. However, that man in John chapter 9, the Bible says, was born blind. So Jesus healed that man in John chapter 9, and he was able to see for the very first time. Now I want to suggest this man in Mark chapter 8, his healing is a healing of restoration. I want to suggest that Jesus was giving to this blind man something that had been taken away from him, meaning his sight, 
that he previously had. Because listen to the inquiry of Jesus. Jesus says to this man, do you see anything? And the Bible says this man looks up and said, I see men like trees walking. Now this means his vision was still unclear. Now although his sight had not been completely restored, he was on his way to restoration. And yet we have to accept the fact that if he had never seen a tree before, he would not have known that these men walking look like trees. Did you hear what I said sitting on your couch right now? Listen, if he didn't know what a tree looked like, he wouldn't have known that these men walking around look like trees. You see, this man was on his way to restoration. Something that he once had and had been taken away was now being restored. There's someone who's listening and watching by way of your telephone, your tablet, or your TV. I want to let you know that the Lord Jesus is able to restore. Listen, listen, there are things that once had been, you once had that have been taken away. I want to let you know he's able to restore you, whether it's your peace and whether it's your sanity, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your confidence, whether it's your faith, whatever it is that you had and has been taken away, the Lord is able to restore it. And so hey, Jesus was uh, restoring this blind man. Which brings me to my last observation. And that is this, that Jesus shows us our blessing and restoration sometimes has a progressive process. Now listen, Jesus is restoring this man's sight. He, he's giving him something that he once had, which was taken from him. And now he's giving it back. And yet it was not immediate, instantaneous. It was not on the spot. Listen, understand it's still got to be the touch. Because Jesus touched the man by leading him out of Bethsaida. He put, he put spit on his eyes and touched him. He asked the man what did he see? And the man said, I see men like trees walking, which meant his blessing and restoration was not complete. But I still tell you, it's got to be in the touch. Because the Bible tells us Jesus touches him again. Look at verses 23 through 25. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him, if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his eyes on his hand again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Listen, Jesus restores and blesses this man in a progressive process. The miracle and blessing did not happen immediately. It did not happen instantaneously. It did not happen instantly. It was a process. 
And child of God, I want to tell you on today, listen, the Lord is able to bless. He's able to restore. He's able to work miracles. But there are times that it is through a process. And in that process, you should not, not allow your, you, you should allow your faith to grow and not faint. Don't allow your faith to fail when all does not happen immediately. Because, listen, if the Lord takes your hand, and if the Lord touches you, he has the power to bring your blessing and breakthrough to pass. It may be a process, but if he promised, he will keep his word. Listen, I, 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 as I close, I share this. M.R. Vincent's word studies in the New Testament says that the word saw, when it says that the man saw everyone clearly at the end of verse 25, it's in the imperfect tense, continuous action, which means he saw and he continued to see. You see, Jesus didn't just temporarily repair this man's sight. He permanently restored the man's sight. And yes, the blessing may be progressive, but if you believe the blessing has been promised, you don't have to wait to thank the Lord. And you don't have to wait to praise the Lord. And you don't have to wait to bless the Lord. You can thank and praise and bless the Lord right now. Listen, you don't need to wait till the process is over. You can shout right now because your blessing may be a progressive process. But if the Lord said it's going to be so, it will be so. So you don't need to wait until your blessing arrives. You need to go ahead and shout right now. Is there anybody here who knows you can shout in advance? Because the Lord says your blessing will be a progressive process. Well, I've told you this before. When I was young, y'all don't know anything about this, but when I was young, listen, uh, my mother uh, shopped very intelligently. Uh, she shopped very intelligently, and so there were times that she didn't have it all at the very moment she wanted to buy something for me. And so she would take me to a store that none of you all have any idea about because you all didn't have to use what we used back in the day. It was a store called Kmart. And the store called Kmart had something that they don't use anymore and that you all are not familiar with in virtual worship on today. They had something that they would call uh, layaway. And so my mama would take me to Kmart and she would pick out what she was going to buy me. But she didn't have all the funds on the day that she took me to Kmart. So she would take the items that she wanted to purchase for me back to the back of the store at Kmart. And she would lay the items on the counter. And she would tell the attendant, I want to put these in Kmart. And she would put a little money down on the counter as she put it in layaway. And every two or three weeks, she would take me back to Kmart. And she wouldn't pick up the items that time, but she would just put a little bit down on the balance of the layaway. Oh, but you need to understand that every time we walked into Kmart, she would take me by the hand 
and I was skipping and jumping and I was joyous and full of happiness because although I knew I wasn't going to get it that day, what was just behind the door, my mother had put a little bit down on it and one day she was going to come and get it and put it in my own hands and so I could be joyous in advance of getting what my mama had promised me. Somebody listening to me on your kitchen, uh, at your kitchen island right now, I want to tell you, your blessing may be progressive, and it may be a process, but I'm telling you, like I went into Kmart, you ought to go ahead and skip right now. You ought to go ahead and thank God right now, because you may not have it in your hand right now, but if the Lord made you a promise that your blessing was on the way, that your breakthrough was on the way, that your miracle was on the way, y'all to go ahead and skip right now. Y'all to go ahead and thank God right now. Because if the Lord said it would be so, it will be so. I don't know how you feel about it, uh, but I will uh, shout right now. Do I have a witness today? Is there anybody here who will shout right now? Because you know your blessing is on the way. You don't have to wait. You can praise him right now. You can bless him right now. You can worship him right now. You can thank him right now. Because you realize your blessing is on the way. Do I have a witness? The old saints would say, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking because my blessing is on the way. And I'll give him praise. I'll tell him thank you. I'll lift my hands. I'll shout in advance. Can I get a witness? Say yes. Sitting on your couch at home. Say yes. Laying in your bed at home. Say yes. At your computer at home. Say yes. On your tablet at home. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Ah, yes. Hallelujah! 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 Y'all are going and shout at home. Open your windows and scare your neighbors. Go ahead and shout at home. Because he's good. 
He's good. Ah, he's good. Ah, he's good. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Come on, get your, get your dance on at home. Take about 15 seconds, get your dance on at home. Go ahead, get your praise on. Hallelujah. Listen, if you are sharing with us in worship and you don't know this same Jesus that healed this blind man in Mark chapter 8, listen, it's got to be the touch and we pray that he's touched you on today, that he's touched you this through this worship experience. So if you are listening or watching on today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is an opportunity for you to come to know him as for yourself. Romans 10 reminds us that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so wherever you are, in your car, at your home, on your job, you can make that confession of faith on today. Receive him as Lord and Savior. You don't necessarily have to be on a pew in the sanctuary of the church. You can receive him on today. If you want to make that confession of faith, we invite you to do so where you are. And if you want to share that with us, we invite you to call into our church even now at 402-455-1000, extension 3. You can call even now and share your confession of faith and that you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Or if you're saved, but for whatever reason you don't have a church home or a church family, we invite you to be a part of the Salem Church. You as well can call 402-455-1000, option 3, so that we can receive you into being a part of our church family. But wherever you are, whatever you've been through, whatever you've experienced, we invite you to become a part of the Lord's family 
and part of the Lord's church here at the Salem Baptist Church. The Lord wants to save you. And there are two things that we believe about everyone, we know about everyone that's viewing this worship experience right now. One, you need to be saved. And two, you need a church home and a church family. We invite you to receive what God has given through Jesus Christ. That is life, life abundantly and life eternally. Through Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. We praise God for each and every one of you. We thank you for joining in this worship experience here in the sanctuary of the Salem Church for allowing us to lead you in worship even though we are the church scattered at this moment. We look forward to the moment where we can gather again and worship and fellowship among the saints of God. But the truth is, sanctuary is where the saint is. So wherever you are, the Lord is with you. Again, we ask you to remember that this is our 98th church anniversary. And we celebrate on today what the Lord has done for 98 years in the life of the Salem Church here in Omaha, Nebraska. We invite you to join us again on next Sunday at 10 a.m. as we stream live and as well in just a few moments at 11.30 a.m. on WOWT Channel 6, our Word for Your Walk broadcast. God bless you and God keep you. Let us pray. Again, Lord, we thank you today for this moment and opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for this worship experience and we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your blessings and for the power you displayed and the miracle for this blind man in Mark chapter 8. And we thank you and believe that that same miracle-working power is available to us on today. Lord, as we bring this worship experience to a conclusion, we pray your blessings upon everyone who's been reached on today. That this worship and word, worship experience and the word has blessed them, enlightened them, encouraged them, and strengthen them. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us fathers before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God with glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God across this city, across this state, across this nation, and across this world said together, Amen and amen. God bless you and God keep you. We believe the best season of your life is just ahead.